Imagine 1899 is the year, and you're planning to visit a relative in America. You're planning to visit them for a holiday, and you're walking towards Southampton, the port, to get on your boat for the six-week voyage that will take you to the other side of the world. And I announce to you that in four years' time, someone will create a prototype for air transportation. There will be a giant metal bird that will take people wherever they want in a fraction of the time. I would have been dismissed as a nutcase. 1979, imagine I walk up to you and in my excitement announce that I have in my possession an electronic device that fits in the palm of your hand, that has no cord and no antennae. And with it, you can communicate with another person on the other side of the world. People would look at you and think, you're crazy. You see, there was a time when no one imagined a mobile phone and no one imagined an aeroplane. No one imagined an app that means you can order your lunch. No one imagined hundreds of years ago that women would be able to vote. No one imagined social media. No one imagined renting out your house to total strangers for money. They were all considered crazy until they happened. Hope Church in March 2020. When lockdown came, we were meeting at Stratford Circus, a theater venue in the heart of Stratford. And if I had said to the congregation that God would give us a purpose-built church building, completely kitted out for Sundays and midweek, in a prominent position on the high street that we could just walk in and use, many of you would have thought, that I was mad. So with that in mind, what might be possible going forward into 2023? Debts paid off, entire families coming to Christ, being one year and counting free of alcohol or drug addiction, for doctors to tell you that you are cancer-free, for your leave to remain to come through, to be the first in your family to graduate from university. In other words, I want you to think about what do you have faith for in 2023? Hebrews 11 verse 1 talks about faith like this. It says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Let me give you another definition of faith. Faith is to trust in something that you cannot explicitly prove. Faith is a verb. It is something we do, not just something we have. Now, this is dangerous, but I want to take you on a little musical journey. Niles Barkley, 2006, I ummed and ahed whether I would manage to kind of get some of you to remember this song. Okay, it goes something like this. It goes, I remember when, I remember, I remember when I lost my mind. 
Does that make me crazy? Okay. There is a reason why I've given you that, and not just that I'm crazy. There is a reason. I do love the song. Brilliant song. 2006, Niles Barkley. Go and put it on Spotify. Here's the reason. The final verse. Listen to the final verse of this song. It says, I'm not going to sing this verse. I'm not. I'll go over the chorus, but not the verse. Not the verse. Not the verse. It says this. It says, my heroes had the heart to lose their lives out on the limb. And all I remember thinking is, I want to be like them. I'll read it one more time. My heroes had the heart to lose their lives out on the limb. And all I remember thinking is, I want to be like them. That, that came in my mind this week, and, 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 and it just, just struck me. That's faith, isn't it? That's faith. Faith is crazy when it's lived out. Faith is, is not logical. It's misunderstood. It's laughter. It's, it's, it's months and years of preparation before it comes to fruition. Think of Noah amongst many, many others. So what I want to do today in a one-off message is, is stir your faith at the start of 2023. Stir your faith at the beginning of a new year. I've got two practical applications that we're going to finish with that I want to sow into your mind. They are this. It is never too little and it is never too late. We're going to finish with those. But before we do that, I want to look at a scripture in Luke's gospel and chapter 5. It's the story of the paralyzed man who came to Jesus to be healed. Now, we're going to read the passage, but we haven't got a chance or, or time to unpack the whole passage. But what there is here is a principle for grabbing hold of faith for ourselves. I want us to look at a paralyzed man and how he grabbed hold of faith and saw his life transform. So let's read the passage to get the whole context. But this time, we won't be able to go through everything in that passage. There's so much to unpack. I just want to focus on one part at the end. But let's read the passage from verse 17 in Luke chapter 5. It'll come up on the screen. One day, Jesus was teaching, and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easy to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, 
get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately, he stood up in front of them, took what he'd been lying on, and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. I want to focus on verse 24. Jesus said to the paralyzed man, get up, take your mat, and go home. Now listen, if I was that man, I'd be thinking, hey, this dude, Jesus, he's lost his mind. Does he not see that I'm on this mat, paralyzed, and he's telling me to get up? Now, maybe you are and you have felt the same way about God. When he starts pushing you towards a vision that feels crazy, that feels out of your comfort zone, that feels impossible. You say, well, doesn't he know, doesn't God know about how broken and messed up my family is? Doesn't he know about how depressed and how I've been struggling to even get out of the front door over the last few months? Doesn't he know that no one has ever believed in me in the past? My teachers, my family, no one has ever believed in me. Or doesn't he even know that I'm just not qualified for what he's calling me to do? You see, when God calls us to do something that we've never done before, that, that we've considered too paralyzed to even consider in the past, that's when we need faith. So what is faith? Faith is a thought or action that lacks reason. Faith is something you cannot see. You see, when Jesus told this paralyzed man to stand up, it was not a reasonable request. It had no logic. But the man's response was to step out in faith. And this is what faith looks like. Faith is to trust and to try. Proverbs 3 and verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. You see, in that moment when Jesus spoke to the paralyzed man, he had a choice. He had a choice to depend on his own understanding. My body is paralyzed. I don't know if I can stand up. Or to trust in the Lord. My sins are forgiven. Jesus has just told me that. So I'm going to stand up. I'm going to do, I'm going to try, I'm going to do what he tells me to do. And you see, when you try, it shows where your trust is. The man tried, and it's, the Bible says the man stood up. In some versions, it says he jumped up. He, he leaped up. He, he tried, and he trusted, or he trusted, and he tried. It's interwoven, and from it came a miracle. So let me ask you, what, what is God calling you to do? What is God at the beginning of 2022 telling you to trust him for and to try? What is he speaking to you about to take a step of faith? But it doesn't end here in what Jesus says, because there's a second crazy instruction. It's not just get up. 
Jesus then says, pick up your mat. I don't know if you ever thought about it, but, but why did Jesus say that? It's not a bizarre thing to say. The man has just got up. The man is just jumping around. He's happy. He's healed. Wow, Jesus has healed me. I can, I can dance. I can, I can whatever. Wow, my legs that were paralyzed all my life. Now I can stand and jump. So why is Jesus telling him to pick up his mat? Doesn't his mat want to be left on the floor? Doesn't his mat want to be chucked away? He doesn't need it anymore. Can't he get on with his life? The reason is his mat represented his testimony. You don't throw away your testimony of what God has done. The man would have been able to wander around and say, hey, guys, this was the mat that I used to lie on and sit on all day long on the city gate. But I put my faith in Jesus. My friends took me on this mat. They lowered me through the roof. Jesus spoke to me. I stood up. I trusted him. I trusted what he said. I tried and put into practice the words that he said. And now I am healed. He's forgiven my sins and now I'm healed. Here is the mat that I once stood on. Jesus can do the same for us. Jesus can give forgiveness. Jesus can give answers to prayer. Jesus can do incredible things in our life. And we need to then carry our testimony wherever we go. That's why I love what Alan was talking about with the prayer cards, writing down our testimonies, sharing them with church before Christmas in September, October, November, December. Felix did a great job of just gathering a person every week to come up on the stage and share their testimony share what Jesus had done in their life. Share either the day or the time or the way that God saved them or the work that God had been doing in their life. We heard all kinds of things of of people getting into university courses that they never thought they'd done. People breaking strongholds in their life. People getting jobs that they thought were impossible. It was wonderful to hear. It was encouraging to hear. It's like, here's my mat. Here's my testimony of what Jesus has done. So I encourage you, keep writing things down. Keep writing down about what God has done in your life, the little things and the big things, and keep sharing them. Because it's so encouraging to see the mat of another. Even in your life, if your life is a struggle and your life is difficult, to look at the mat of another and say, look at the mat of that man who once was paralyzed, but now has been forgiven and now walks and jumps and is full of excitement. How encouraging that is. So look at what we can learn here from what Jesus says. He says, get up. He says there is this trust and try faith. But he says, look, I want you to keep your testimony of what I have done. I want you to keep the mat of what I have done. And then the third instruction that Jesus gives is go home. Go home. It's the third instruction that Jesus gives to the paralyzed man. It's not throw a party. It's not say thank you, though I'm sure that would have been a good thing to do and Jesus would have encouraged that. No, he says, go home. You see, when God works in our lives, when there's salvation, when there's miracles, when there's answers to prayer, God tells us to go to the people who know you best, those who you used to be with. 
Because that is where the transformation shows up the most. Imagine the paralyzed man's home. His parents would have looked after him as a boy for many, many years. They would have cleaned him. They would have fed him. They would have taken him round everywhere in the hot sun. His friends who, who looked after him and took him to Jesus in the first place would have walked with him and helped him and carried him and fed him and got run errands for him. To think of the encouragement to see this man now up and walking, to think of how they could remember when he was a paralyzed little boy and now he was a leaping, running, jumping man, that, that the encouragement that would bring because his life had been changed, because he'd gone home to people who knew him well. Some of you, you have testimonies to share. You need to share that testimony with those who knew you in a crippled state, who those who knew when you desperately needed a miracle, those who walked with you through those tough times, those who were there with you when you were weeping and when you were in pain. Now you have seen God come through. Now you have seen a miracle. We'll go back and share what God has done with those who walked with you and helped you in that difficult time. So I want to stir your faith with those words that Jesus spoke to the paralyzed man. Get up. Faith is active. Faith is putting your trust in the Lord with trying and acting upon. Lean not on your own understanding, but put into practice what God is saying. It might not seem logical. It might seem crazy, but have a go in 2023. From it, you will have testimonies, testimonies to share, testimonies to encourage, mats to show the world what Jesus has done. And for many of you, that transformation will be most powerful with those that knew you when you were struggling, those that walked with you through those tough times. So faith, faith is not about God honoring perfect people. So important you hear that because some of you will dismiss this message straight away because you say, Mark, my life's a mess. I'm all over the place. So why are you talking about faith? What good is that? But faith is not based on your performance. It's not based on your knowledge. God honors the faith of those who love him, not those who behave perfectly. Just look at your Bible. Look at Abraham. Look at Moses, David, Peter, and Paul. Murderers, adulterers, liars, scandalous men, scandalous women throughout Scripture, but used powerfully by God. So don't discount yourself when it comes to faith, when it comes to what God might be stirring in you in 2023. So I want to close with this application. Two pieces of application. If you remember nothing else, I want you to remember these two phrases. When it comes to faith, it's never too little and it's never too late. 
Let's look first of all at it never being too little. Never being too little. When Jesus fed the 5,000, it was five loaves and two fishes. Five loaves and two fishes was the little lunchbox that was given to Jesus. It was that or eight months wages that the disciples said it would take to feed the crowds. So just think for a minute about the kingdom maths going on here. Because five plus two in my hands or your hands equals seven. It's not a trick question. But five plus two in the hands of Jesus feeds 5,000 remainder 12 baskets. Have you ever thought that in the mathematics of the kingdom, the remainder was greater than the sum in your or my hands? The remainder of 12 baskets was greater than what you or I would have in the first place. I think that's incredible. So with the kingdom mathematics, it's never too little. We're to give what we have into the hands of Jesus. That's my encouragement and challenge to you in 2023. Give what you have into the hands of Jesus and stop trying to work out how much it is. Stop trying to work out how, how, how talented or, or how big you may be in your ambitions or your talents or your gifts. No, no, stop trying to do that and just give what you have into the hands of Jesus. His maths is different to yours and mine. That's what giving is about, sacrificially giving our tithes and offerings to church. It's a whole message on the mathematics of the kingdom. I always say to people, being part of Hope Church, we're to give of our time, our talents, and our treasures. That means different things to different people, but all of us can give something when it comes to our time. We can give our time to serve on a Sunday. We can give our time to serve midweek. We can give our time to serve by messaging people, calling people, checking on that people are okay. We can give of our time in many different ways. You say, Mark, I have a busy life. I have so many things, responsibilities, family, work, job. Fine, give a little. Give an hour a week. That's what's the great thing about is 21 days of prayer and fasting. Just give 15 minutes for 21 days and see what the Lord does with that 15 minutes. Give of your time. And give of your talents. Many of you in this church are so gifted with many great talents. Musical, artistic, business talent. The ability to communicate. Mathematical talents. Talents on the computer. Talents relationally. Talents with counseling. So many talents and gifts that God has given to you. Well, give it into the hands of the Lord. That looks like different things for different people. But, but give what you have into the hands of the Lord and see what he does. And then treasures, well, we all have treasures. We have something many more than many people around the world have. We're to give what we can. We're to give of our tithes and offerings and see what the Lord would do. The point is, it's never too little. He's able to do immeasurably more than we can ask 
or imagine, but it takes a little from us. It takes five loaves and two fishes. It takes a rod and a staff. It takes an hour of your time. It takes something, but give a little this year in 2023 and see what God does. So when it comes to faith, it's never too little, but it's also never too late. This is so important. Sarah was a 90-year-old woman before God used her to bear Isaac. Moses, at 40, thought he was ready. Then at 80, he was ready to throw in the towel when God said, no, now you are ready. And Caleb was 85 when God used him powerfully. Do you know, I love one of the things I love about Hope Church. Hope Church has many wonderful things going for it, many beautiful things that God is doing. But one of the things that I've loved over the last year to 18 months since we came back after lockdown has to see the Caleb generation really take hold and go for it. To see Ursula and Jenny and Ben Zing and Alan and many others just say, right, here I am, here's my time, here's my gifts, I'm going to use them. I'm going to put on and pioneer Hope at the Hub. The, the great thing about Hope at the Hub, a space where people can come during the week to, to meet, to, to find community and find fellowship, is that it's been inspired and pioneered by what you might call the Caleb generation. It's a beautiful thing. What are they rich in? They're rich in time. And it's never too late. It's never too late to be used by God. We're to dream until the day we die. The often said quote is that there's a day that we die, whether it be 60, 70, 80, 90. But sadly, many of us die years before that because we stop dreaming and we die at that age when we no longer are excited that God might use us and there might be possibilities about what God might do. Be stirred afresh that it's never too late. It's never too late. Whatever your age, whatever has come before you in the years leading up to it, now is the time. Now is the moment. It's never too late. Let me look at one more example that this powerfully spoke to me this week. Again, we haven't got the time to fully unpack the story, but in John chapter 11, there is the story of the resurrection of Lazarus. Now, it's a story with lots of questions. I mean, as a pastor, I look at this story of the way that Jesus behaved when his great friend Lazarus died, and I've got questions, serious questions, about what was going on here. Why didn't Jesus come straight away when he heard the news that his friend was dying? Why? Why wait four days? Why did he put his friends, his best friends, Mary, Martha, why did he put them through pain and grief? Why did Lazarus have to go through death and into a tomb and come out like a mummy? And i got so many questions. A lot of those I put down to Deuteronomy 29, 29, which says, the secret things belong to the Lord our God. But I want to pick up verses 21 to 22. Look at this. So this is when Lazarus, is, is in the tomb. And um, this is what Martha says. She says, Lord, 
Martha says to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. It's never too late. It's never too late. God can still do it. Four days in the grave was Lazarus. Four days. And yet it was not too late for Jesus to resurrect Lazarus. I heard this quote. It's not my original quote. I can't remember who said it, but write it down. I think it's so helpful. The quote is this. Don't put a full stop where God puts a comma. I'll say that one more time. Don't put a full stop where God puts a comma. It's never too late. Even now. Even now. So let me ask you, who have you given up on? What dreams or visions have you cast into the rubbish bin? What people have you given up on? What family members that you've been praying for have you given up on? What dream, prophetic word that God's spoken to you about have you given up on? It's never too late. Even now, God may have put a comma because there was things that he was doing behind the scenes. God may have put a comma because you weren't ready yet. God may have put a comma because in his sovereign plan, it wasn't quite the time, but he hadn't put a full stop. It's never too late. So I want to stir your faith with those two phrases that apply to every single one of us in different ways. It's never too late. It's never too little. That's why I do believe this 21 days of prayer and fasting is so significant for us as a church and for us individually. When you pray, you rewrite history before it happens. When you fast, you bring a physical hunger that leads to a spiritual hunger. It's why we pray. It's why we fast. Why it's a great way to start 2023. It's never too little. It's never too late. Faith as small as a mustard seed is never too little. Caleb, Sarah, and countless others, it's never too late. Four days in the tomb is never too late. We're going to close our time in a moment. Maybe Adam and Jonathan can come up. We're going to worship. I'm going to pray for us. And I'm also going to leave a bit of time because I want to encourage the Holy Spirit to working amongst us, speaking to us, stirring faith within us. For some of us, it will mean that we need to go and test and try like the paralyzed man did. Faith is active, remember. Faith is a doing word. It has to be acted upon. 
It cannot just be, oh, nice idea, write it down. No, no, no. It has to be something that we do. It is an active doing word. It's never too little. It's never too late. Can we stand? I'm going to pray for us, then we're going to go into a worship song, and then we'll see where God leads us. Let's really be open to the Holy Spirit. Let's be open to his voice. In the context of corporate worship, God will often speak. You think, why did that thought suddenly come in my mind? That's often the Holy Spirit. Why did I suddenly think about that, which I hadn't thought about for the last three years? That's probably the Holy Spirit. Why is that person or those people or, or that situation suddenly popped into my mind? Well, that's probably the Holy Spirit bringing something to your attention. So let me pray. And then Jonathan and Adam will lead us in a time of worship. And then we'll see where God leads us. Let me pray. If you want to, I always say, but there's no compulsion. Open your hands as a sign of receiving, as a sign of saying, faith is a gift that we get from the Lord that we then need to try to act upon, to test and try. Let me pray. Father God, I want to pray for each and every one of us at the beginning of this year. Father, I want to pray, Lord God, that this would be a year where you stir up faith amongst us. Father, I want to pray for all dreams that have been left on the floor. I want to pray that this would be a year to pick them up and to go again. It is not too late. It is not too late. Even now, God is at work. Even now, where you thought there was a full stop, there was only a comma. God is at work. Lord, stir our faith. Stir it again and again. Lord, I pray that none of us would feel disqualified because none of us are disqualified. Look at the people that were used as great men and women of faith in Scripture. And each and every one of them had major faults. They had major sin issues. And yet, Lord, you use them in powerful ways. Lord, no one here is disqualified. Lord, I pray that we would bring to you our loaves and fishes. We would bring to you our pennies like the woman who came to the temple gate. We would bring to you our oil. We would bring to you our staff. We would bring to you whatever is in our hands. And Lord, thank you that you rejoice when we bring to you what is in our hands. You celebrate when we bring to you our loaves and fishes. It's not about that is too little. No, it is a rejoicing in the heart of Jesus that you have brought what you have into the hands of Jesus. Give to him your time, your talents, and your treasures and see what he will do in 2023. Bring to him your time and talents and treasure because it is